Hello, my Rebels. The podcast today is about my real worry as the convoy comes to Ottawa. I'm not worried about the media condemning it. That's what they do. They're paid by Justin Trudeau. You can expect that. I'm worried about uh, false flags. I'm worried about RCMP agents pretending to be truckers and doing something embarrassing to cause an incident. And before you say that's paranoid, well, I'll remind you of two cases in my podcast today of government agents literally setting up racist organizations in Canada, including the Heritage Front that was led by a CSIS agent. So I know it sounds insane. It is insane. But it's happened actually three times in Canada. I'll give you two examples in today's show. Uh, before I get to that, let me invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's the video version of the podcast. The reason I recommend that is because, especially with this convoy coverage, there's just so much amazing video. you got to see it. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com, click subscribe. It's eight bucks a month. And uh, you get my show every day, Sheila Gunn-Reed, David Menzies, Andrew Chapitos. And we just debuted a new show with Natasha and, Kay, uh, and Catherine that you got to watch. So there's a lot in there. And, and we're looking at adding more shows, too. That's at rebelnewsplus.com. Just eight bucks a month. Give us the money because we don't take it from Trudeau. We need our viewers to support us. I think it's a cleaner way to live. All right, here's today's show. Tonight, Trudeau goes into hiding as the convoy approaches Ottawa. It's January 27th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon oh, consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say is government is because it's my bloody right to do so. Hey, did you see this tweet? Justin Trudeau is triple vaxxed, by the way, but he says he came near someone who allegedly had the deadly virus and uh, Trudeau took a test and it came up negative. So triple vaxxed, he's got the booster shot, he has no symptoms, took a test, doesn't have it, but would you look at that? He's going into hiding for five days anyways. What are the odds? Right when the trucker's convoy approaches Ottawa, Trudeau has to hide for five days. Honest, he really doesn't want to, people. It's just that the rules say he has to, except for, of course, the public health rules don't say any such thing. Don't expect the media party to challenge Trudeau on a small lie when they won't challenge him on a big lie. Anyways, they're uh, too busy going through the countless names of donors to the trucker crowdfund campaign. Folks, that's why we don't publish our donor list. Bad faith journalists and liberal war room operatives will come for you, so we never disclose our supporters. You know, Jagmeet Singh's brother-in-law is a trucker, and he made a huge donation to the convoy. You know, a lot of Sikhs are truckers, actually. So, obviously, he was supporting his own community, his own industry. The CBC jumped on that story with rage. And obviously, Jagmeet Singh threw his own family under the bus. I think that's so gross when families do that. Even when you disagree with your family, don't air your dirty laundry in the media for clout. That's not what families do. And his brother-in-law recanted, or at least pretends to recant, and says he wants his money back. He didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, right. Uh, what he was doing was standing up for himself and his company and his fellow truckers and his fellow Canadians. But unfortunately for Trudeau, that made it hard to label the truckers as white supremacist racists. 
mais il y a aussi des gens qui sont farouchement opposés à la vaccination. Qui sont extrémistes. Qui ne croient pas dans la science, qui sont souvent misogynes, qui sont souvent racistes aussi. C'est un, un, un petit groupe, mais qui prend de la place. Et là, il faut faire un choix en tant que leader, en tant que pays. Est-ce qu'on est qu tolère ces gens-là ou est-ce qu'on dit, ben voyons? Oh, well. You know, uh, there's still $6.2 million from other donors in there, so I guess it's fine. I don't know if GoFundMe will finally release the funds. I, I don't know, but the convoy is already a huge success, isn't it? I mean, it's all the media party is talking about. What's funny is just a few days ago, all the media party would say about the protesting truckers is that some of them were mad about bad roads, seriously, from bad roads to a terrorist threat in four days. That's got to be a record. Uh, here's Trudeau launching an abusive tirade uh, just before he goes into hiding for five days. The small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing. A small fringe minority, eh? Yeah, that's a small fringe, is it? Looks pretty big to me. But what's more concerning is his statement that those truckers hold unacceptable views. Really, it's quite a thing for a prime minister to say. I've read the Charter of Rights. It guarantees our freedom of expression. But here we have the chief lawmaker, the chief law enforcer, really, the man who handpicked the RCMP commissioner, saying there are now views that are unacceptable, really. And silence. Where are the free speech groups? Where's the civil liberties lobby? Where's the cowardly leader of the opposition, Aaron O'Toole? Is he waiting? For an opinion poll to tell him what to do, what to think. He's fine with the prime minister determining which views are acceptable or not, is he? I say again, the de facto leader of the opposition is Pierre Polyev, who has been strong on this for a while. Here he is responding not so much to Trudeau, but to the media party, which has joined the frenzy of going through every single supporter of the convoy and doxing and harassing them. Here, watch this whole thing. I think it's great. Well, you know what I think is interesting is that um, when there's a left-wing protest on Parliament Hill, we don't see the liberal media going through every single name of the people who attends to try and find one person that they can disparage the whole group with. Um, you know, we don't see... Uh, CBC, for example, has been accused by its own employees of systemic racism. And yet, we don't see the media here generalize that everyone who works at the CBC is a racist. Whenever you have um, five or 10,000 people who are part of any group, you're bound to have a number who have or say unacceptable things. And they should be individually responsible for the things they say and do. But that doesn't mean we disparage the thousands of hardworking, law-abiding, and peaceful truckers who, quite frankly, have kept all of you alive the last two years by filling your grocery shelves with the food that you eat and filling your homes with the products that you rely upon. So I think that it is possible to hold individually responsible anyone who says or does anything unacceptable while showing support for the hardworking, law-abiding, peace-loving truckers who are fighting for their freedom and their livelihoods 
and on whom we have defended, we have depended for our very existence over the last two years. That's three things. That's a conservative, that's a leader, and that's opposition. Three things that O'Toole is not. Such a cowardice in our country, I regret. Here's Elon Musk, the richest man in the world, between him and Jeff Bezos, goes back and forth. Uh, he's got a three-word tweet, Canadian truckers rule. It's not a lot, three words, but it's also a lot more than any Canadian business leader has said. Why is that? We've got 38 million people in Canada. Is every business leader too terrified? Too worried about being punished by Trudeau or the media or cancel culture? Too afraid of losing a government grant or a government subsidy or a government contract? Why do we need to rely on foreign business leaders to speak up for us? Hmm. The convoy is huge. I think it could be the largest protest in Canadian history. It's coast to coast, multiple strands meeting up. Some police were harassing the convoy, even blocking a highway, saying it was too treacherous. Yeah, sure it was. That's the ticket. Why not just pull a Trudeau and say, COVID says you can't use this highway right now. What a joke. I'm embarrassed for police as I am for our business community. The media, however, had their cue. Um, so here's the Toronto Star editorial. They really published this in Canada's largest newspaper. Truckers are flirting with extremists. They should call off their protest. The closer the Freedom Convoy of truckers opposed to new rules around vaccine mandates gets to Ottawa, the less it has to do with truckers or even with those rules. Now, they don't say a single thing the convoy or anyone on it did wrong. Not a thing. I don't think they've spoken to anyone on the convoy. Uh, certainly not the young Métis woman who's organized it. They can't, really. Uh, because they're just a bunch of white liberal Torontonians, it would break the narrative of them being progressive to mansplain and whitesplain to a Métis woman about why she can't participate in politics. It would sound a little bit too much like Trudeau firing Jody Wilson-Raybould, two old boys clubs, so they don't actually talk to the leader of the convoy. I won't take you through the whole editorial, but this is my favorite argument in it. Likewise, ponder the hallucinatory artwork featuring truckers parting the seas, Moses-style, with a burning cross, no less, in the background. So they're talking about this image here. It's just a fun drawing, some, some fan art, uh, but from some amateur artist on the Internet, it's just literally someone, a ordinary person with their thoughts. It's a bit dramatic, but so what? It's literally a drawing commenting on the convoy. Why, why should a convoy stop? Because some stranger drew a picture about it, um, here is the Toronto Star's cartoon about it. A baseless claim, a smear against thousands of truckers and hundreds of thousands of supporters of uh, truckers saying they're extremists. No proof, just the smear. A bit odd for a newspaper that calls itself the paper of the working class, but they have their marching orders. I mean, really, working class? They take $110,000 a week from Trudeau's media bailout. They'll help him out even if it means throwing working class people a Métis woman, a Sikh businessman under the bus or under a truck. The star's going full tilt on this, like they've really decided that this is the big fight. Uh, here's Bob Hepburn, a columnist over there. Time to call out nasty, hate-filled anti-vaxxers. A vocal subsect of the anti-vax crowd gets free reign to spew its hate-filled abuse via social media and online. So he hates them, in short. All this talk about no bullying, Bell Let's Talk, Mental Health. They don't really mean it. They hate who they hate, and they're going to hate them. These are the bullies and foul-mouthed punks we all remember from high school. Really? 
not wanting to have the physical integrity of your own body violated, you're calling that person, the defensive person, the bully, the one who wants to be left alone in peace and privacy, that's the bully in this conversation? Over the past few months, I have received countless nasty emails from anti-vaxxers who objected to my comments that I'm fed up with the refusals to be vaccinated and that I believe politicians should adopt get tough restrictions on the unvaccinated. I mean, it could be he got some mean emails. The world is a big place. The internet is a big place. Lots of people are pretty brave when they're typing at home on their computer instead of talking to you face to face. I get it. Um, I think that's just part of being in public. It's, it's just a bit much to hear such a sensitive soul uh, working as a senior big shot as the Toronto Star, a newspaper that literally published a bunch of anti-vax hatred on their front page. I didn't know Bob Hepburn was so sensitive. I, I didn't know. Imagine working for the Toronto Star and thinking that you're for the working class, for the underdog, for minorities who are less likely to get jabbed, by the way. Imagine the mental gymnastics of deploying your power to hold the people to account on behalf of the politicians rather than the other way around. Huh. Here's the Global Mail getting in on it too. All of Toronto's decided uh, the same way. It's just so odd. Aaron O'Toole has to unhitch conservatives from the Freedom Convoy or get run over. Now this editorial is unsigned, so it's an official statement of the whole company owned by Canada's richest man. Uh, the official establishment has the party line, and in this case, they're not going after the truckers. In this editorial, they're going after Aaron O'Toole, telling him to silence the conservative MPs in this party who support the truckers. Um, they know he will obey media pressure. He'll bend to it. He always does. I love this line in their editorial. They say, this page has spent the past year advocating for the scientifically obvious, which is that vaccination is key to getting beyond the pandemic. We have supported vaccine passports in non-essential businesses and vaccine mandates in workplaces and higher education. Got it, got it. So it's, it, it's just scientifically obvious, people. I mean, vaccination is the key to getting past this. Uh, Israel is on its fourth shot. I think they're starting their fifth shot now in one year. Uh, I can't remember exactly how many doses, but um, it has never had more cases. Even the head of Pfizer now says the shot doesn't work against Omicron. Listen to him yourself. Etc. Etc. So, uh, and we know that um, the three, the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. The three doses with a booster, they offer reasonable protection against hospitalization and deaths. Uh, uh, in, in against deaths, I think very good, um, and less protection against uh, infection. Now. We are working on a, on a new version of our vaccine, the 1.1, let me put it that way, that uh, will cover Omicron as well. And uh, of course, uh, we are waiting to, to have the final results. The vaccine will be ready in March and the vaccine will be able to produce it massively. Uh, we need to see if we will need it and we need to see if uh, and what place uh, can take in the overall uh, fight against uh, the virus, particularly now that we know that mutations are coming faster, that we have a treatment. Uh, so all of that needs to be taken seriously into consideration. But um, we've never had more. But it's scientifically obvious, says the Globe and Mail. Look, I'm not so much worried about what the mainstream media is going to do, what they do. Um, their readership is falling for a reason. Um, they really have no teeth. That's why they're all getting bailouts from Trudeau. It's the only way for them to survive. But... What about the weaponization and radicalization of the Canadian security 
deep state. Canada doesn't have much of a security deep state, what Eisenhower called the military-industrial complex. Um, we're pretty lame up here by some measures. I mean, terrorists and other serious criminals are often caught when U.S. authorities warn Canadian authorities because we would have missed it. And here's a question. How many ISIS terrorists who went from Canada to Syria and Iraq and then returned were ever charged? We know over 100 returned. How, how many of them have ever been charged and prosecuted? Canada's national security deep state is actually useless at protecting us against real threats. But they've been politically weaponized against peaceful domestic critics of the government, against conservative activists who are peaceful. And so you're starting to hear their drumbeat. That convoy is violent. They're going to ram their trucks into things. No evidence. They just know it in their bones, and you'd trust them, wouldn't you? Here's a newsletter called Parliament Today that actually published some global security expert who said, and I'm not kidding, she actually said this, take a look at the screenshot, anyone who donated money to the convoy, and there's 80,000 people now, could be prosecuted for the crime of supporting terrorism. She actually said that, and it was actually reported. And look at that, this kook referenced January 6th, that's, that's what the left calls a, an insurrection in Washington, D.C., even though I don't think a single person has actually been charged with insurrection down there in Washington. Remember all the excitement about January 6th in the Capitol building? Well, it turned out that it was whipped up by agents provocateurs working for the FBI. Here's Kentucky Congressman Thomas Massey asking about that. As far as we can find, this individual has not been charged with anything. You said this is one of the most sweeping investigations in history. Uh, have you seen that video or th those frames from that video? So as I um, uh, said at the outset, uh, one of the norms of the Justice Department is to not comment on impending investigations and particularly not to comment about uh, particular scenes or particular individuals. Well, the individual that the attorney general refuses to answer questions about is a man named Ray Epps. So why is he potentially important here? Well, according to a new investigation from Revolver, Epps may have led the breach team that first entered the Capitol on January 6th. Moreover, Revolver also reports that the FBI stealthily removed Ray Epps from its Capitol violence uh, most wanted list on July 1st. Why would they do that? Congressman Thomas Massey, who's been looking into this, joins me now. Congressman, what did Garland's reaction there tell you? I mean, they, they aren't supposed to comment on ongoing investigations. He's right about that. But this Epps thing, when they were getting grandma, you know, uh, you know hauling grandma in for questioning, but this guy doesn't get, uh, he he's just kind of disappears. Very odd. Well, look, in light of the recent revelations that half the plotters in the Whitmore kidnapping plot were FBI agents or informants or assets, and in light of that video, which in part of that video, Laura, the crowd is chanting, fed, 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 at the gentleman in question, I thought it was only fair to give Merrick Garland, the chief law enforcement officer of the country, a chance to clear this up. Look. Yeah. I'm not, you know, he can comment. By the way, I followed up with another question. I said, okay, don't comment on any of the suspects. 
Just comment on your own officers in general. How many were there? How many uh, encouraged the crowd to breach the Capitol? And how many themselves went into the Capitol? He can absolutely answer those questions, Laura. In fact, earlier in that hearing, he answered Jim Jordan's question. He said there would be no FBI agents at school board meetings. Well, if he can tell well, us there were that. That man's Ray Epps, an agent provocateur who went there to whip up the crowd and to tell them to storm the Congress. They didn't really storm it. They sort of meandered into it. I mean, there was a never identified, never charged, never arrested group of professionals wearing black head to toe that did break the windows and sort of pushed other people in. But once they got in, it wasn't a riot. It was more a meandering. But still, that was the narrative. as uh, a rebellion. We need to crack down. We need domestic terrorism task forces. And that's exactly the narrative of the Trudeau and the national security deep state up here and their lackeys in the media want in Canada so badly. They have spent two years violating our rights, but now they want to flip the script and say it's the peaceful protesters who are the violators, the violent ones. The media that smears people 24-7 is now being hypersensitive to mere criticism and calling for censorship. Here's a reporter raging that Maxime Bernier would dare criticize her. You can call innocent truckers terrorists, that's fair game, but how dare you criticize sainted journalists? No journalist deserves to be attacked for doing their jobs and reporting the news, especially not by the leader of a political party. Now, he didn't attack anyone, he criticized her. It implies there was a physical attack. Rachel and Alex are damn good reporters. They are also very good and decent people. The abuse they're facing online today is unacceptable. So much unacceptable. That's Trudeau's word, isn't it? Well, actually, I, I think uh, journalists, is, including the ones in question here, they, they give as good as they get. Now, I don't want anyone to actually be threatened with violence or actually attacked. But if, if, um, if someone really is threatening, by the way, I think the answer is to call the police, not to tweet about it. But... Journalists can't smear Trudeau's enemies and then play hypersensitive when, when those enemies clap back online. Um, here's Rachel Gilmore herself. Max, if you're going to tag me in a tweet, attack my work, and feel the deluge of hate directed my way, you could at least be brave enough to not do it from behind a block. That means uh, he was, she was blocked on Twitter. Um, yeah, Rachel Gilmore was one of the authors of this smear that we talked about a few days ago that called people inciters of violence without a single piece of evidence shown. Not one. I took you through the story, remember? That's what I really went through. So she can smear you, but you can't clap back at her. That's abuse! Look, I think people are fed up with the media lies. Look at this. Check this out. I thought this was interesting. I'm going to do a quick video here showing you CBC, showing a couple of people. Look at this. Their camera, they're setting up to point in this direction. Remember that. Now let's turn around and show what's really happening here. Our news media will not cover this. They point at a couple of people. Meanwhile, this is what's really going on. Unbelievable. If you needed any more proof that it's corrupt, that's right, it's corrupt, it's all corrupt. Here it is. Freedom! When do we want it?
Look at that amazing journalism, CBC. All you had to do was turn your camera in the other direction. A citizen journalist was pointing out how the CBC was positioned their camera to minimize the number of trucks and people in the shot. Look, they lie to you because they don't work for you. They don't work for their viewers. They work for Trudeau. They've got their marching orders while he's going into hiding. Today was an exciting day. We literally had 10 Rebel News reporters in the field today, on the road, in London, Ontario, in Hamilton, in, in Port Hope, en route to Ottawa. We'll have a lot more coverage on the weekend. It's important because the liars will be out in full force. But I got to tell you again, I'm not that worried about the liars. I'm really not that worried about the Globe and Mail and the Toronto Star. They're just trying to please their paymaster, Justin Trudeau. I'm not that worried about him. What I'm worried about is a Canadian version of the FBA, FBI Asian provocateur, Ray Epps. Some RCMP or CSIS agent, some Antifa provocateur doing something under a false flag whipping up people or breaking some law while pretending to be a trucker. That sounds crazy, but it's, it's actually a Canadian tradition. I don't know if you know this, but the leader of Canada's most notorious white supremacist group about 20-odd years ago was called the Heritage Front. Maybe you've heard of it. The leader, Grant Bristow, was a CSIS agent the whole time. He was literally paid by the government to set up a racist group and promote racism. That is a fact. It's a bizarre fact, but it's a fact. The Canadian Human Rights Commission literally had a staff member, Richard Warman, go online, join various Nazi groups like the Daily Stormer under some pseudonym, and publish hundreds of racist posts. They do this because they're, they're screwed up in the head, but they do this also because the demand for hatred and violence exceeds the supply. They need the hoax as a pretext to... Censor the internet, ban protests, force through even more brutal laws. That's what I'm worried about, a Grant Bristow. I'm worried not about the truckers. I'm worried about Trudeau. Stay with us for more. Welcome back. Well, today we had 10 Rebel News reporters in the field. And by that, I mean on the road, on the highway, at the top of a utility bucket, looking down at the crowd. The CBC has their $1.5 billion a year grant from Justin Trudeau. We have working class people saying, hey, can we give you a crane shot? That's how we roll here at Rebel News. 10 staff, and one of them is our friend Tamara Ugolini, who joins us now via Skype from her vehicle in Port Hope, Ontario. Is that where you are, Port Hope? That's where I am, Ezra. Yeah, the 401 and Highway 28. So uh, for folks who are not from Ontario, what is that northeast, west from uh, Toronto? Which direction? Yeah, so I'm about 100 kilometers east of Toronto. Got it. So obviously that's the eastern strand. Uh, mm -hmm. The phrase I've used is like a bunch of threads being weaved together in a rope. You had strands coming from Quebec, from the far north, two different strands in, in Alberta meeting up. So it's all, everyone's converging in Ottawa. There's, to say there's one convoy is, is not quite accurate. It's, it's a bunch of convoys meeting up, right? That's correct, yes. Tell me about the, the bucket shot. I didn't see that until I saw your tweet about it and it made me smile. Uh, who was that? Uh, what did he say? And what did you see from up there in the bucket? Yeah, well, you know, I wish that the bucket had have been here just a 45 minutes an hour later because the crowd grew 
uh, exponentially from the time that I got into that utility bucket. And I'm just going to let you know, I see there are some trucks showing up here. So they were supposed to be rolling through at 2 p.m. Um, I think it's now a couple hours thereafter. There's been several road closures and some accidents because the weather is terrible here. Um, and so they, they had to kind of detour up and around north and come back. So they're, they're kind of trickling in. I'm just keeping my eye out uh, to see what's happening there. But back to the bucket. Yeah, so I, I just wanted to get a higher up shot from, from where I was. So this is a truck stop. And then I would say, I don't know, about seven kilometers south of here is the actual 401 with the overpass. And there was, I, I estimate, at least a, a hundred, maybe a couple hundred gathered there. And so I wanted to try to assess that scene a little bit better. And I just went up to them and um, the foreman there, he he was a, he saw my mic and so he right away uh, was familiar with Rebel News and the reporting and the coverage. And I said, hey, would you mind if, if I hopped in that bucket? And they said, hey, absolutely, come on in. And so I cozied up with, with that gentleman there and he, he lifted us up and we got some good shots. Well, that's pretty friendly. I love the fact that he was familiar with Rebel News. You know, yeah. our marketing budget, as you know, Tamara, is precisely zero. I mean, it's like seriously a trickle compared to the 1.5 billion that the CBC gets. But I think people know that we're real and are authentic. And the fact that we have citizen journalists, you know, we're not as slick as the big guys, but people can trust us. And I think that's why they're so warm to us. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I really think this has become a mainstream phenomenon. I don't think it's just activists anymore. I think this has electrified the country and it's given ordinary people something to join, if not in their own car, join on the on the side of the road cheering, uh, join, you know, people gave, were given the opportunity of chipping into the crowdfund online, just joining in saying that's my team go team, because they haven't had that, that movement, uh, certainly it wasn't hasn't been led by any political party which it normally would be. Um, I see Elon Musk tweeting in his support. I haven't seen any Canadian business tycoons do that. So we've really had a void. I think this this convoy has really filled it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it it you know it becomes less taboo now to speak out against the widely accepted narrative. And as that uh, I like to call it the the groundswell. As that groundswell happens, you see more and more people now feeling more comfortable to stand up and come out and express their concerns. Um, I know here at this little, this, well, it's not little, actually, there's several hundred people here throughout the last few hours. There is a business owner here uh, giving coffee and hot beverages out to the attendees and, of course, uh, intermittently the truckers as they kind of trickle through. Um, so, so I think that as that shift happens and the pendulum swings to it being less fringy, as our dear prime minister put it so kindly yesterday or the day before, uh, to hold these views, which he deems unacceptable, I think that more and more people now are, are banding together and saying enough is enough. Earlier today uh, on my monologue, I read from the Toronto Star and the Globe and Mail, which have both denounced and demonized uh, the protesters, I, I can't imagine there's very many truckers out there who say, um, let me see what the editorial board of the Globe and Mail has to say about me. I just don't think that the Globe and Mail is the paper of choice for anyone outside some very elite enclaves of the downtownist downtown in Toronto, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, have either the truckers or the people on the side of the road that you've encountered, um, 
are they aware of the demonization by the media? Do they care? Do, are they shy about it? Do they believe it? I, I've seen a lot of minorities who are truckers, like a, a lot of truckers are new immigrants, a lot of Sikh truckers, a lot of truckers from various backgrounds in the North, obviously. Uh, in Northern Canada, you've got a lot of indigenous truckers. Have you heard, like, is this, is this just an inside chatter, inside the chattering classes, or are ordinary people thinking, yeah, they hate us and they're demonizing us? Are they even talking about it? They, they seem increasingly aware that this is going on. Uh, what I heard from some of the actual truckers who are part of the convoy is that, you know, they often don't care about whatever else is happening outside world because they're working. They just want to put their heads down and carry their loads and, and get the goods to the Canadian public. But now the government has continued to overstep onto their their ability to do that and they're fed up and so uh they have they're they're getting increasingly frustrated and when whereas they wouldn't normally maybe pay attention to these sorts of things now they're becoming increasingly aware of it they don't care the they see the massive support that is for the convoy on the way here i asked everyone that i spoke to who had driven from various points uh throughout northern and, and other areas of Ontario and stopped here what the support looked like and how that made them feel and the majority of them were almost to tears and mm. just so humbled by the ex extreme amounts of people who've come out on the overpasses and, and garnering their support and it begs to reason that this isn't just a fringe minority this is way bigger than I think any of us ever anticipated and for, for Trudeau to try to ignore this just expresses how out of touch he is. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of similarities between this and the entire establishment's condemnation of it and Brexit in the UK, where every party, every media outlet, every company was against Brexit, everyone except for the people. And all of the, and, and even Trump in 2016. The underdog, the deplorables, as Hillary Clinton called them. And here we are, Trudeau's own deplorables moment. He's saying unacceptable opinions. Uh, the media jumps into the demonization. I wonder if this is enough to break through. Brexit was a success. Trump was a success. Populism is the only place that skepticism about vaccine mandates has been allowed. Even Aaron O'Toole has been a bit of a coward on the subject. Recently, some of his MPs have broken ranks, but really the Conservative Party of Canada has been absent for the whole time. Do you think, how do you think it's going to end is I guess what I'm asking. In those two instances, Brexit and Trump 2016, there was a way to conclusively decide. In both cases, there was a vote. How is this going to end? Because at the end of it, there's no vote. There's just truckers and people, but you have a prime minister who's running away literally for five days. I don't know how this is going to end. I think Trudeau is just going to laugh at it. Yeah, and that's kind of what I, I gauge some of the opinions of the, again, the people actually head headstrong in this convoy. And uh, they're ready to hunker down in Ottawa for as long as it takes, is what I'm, I'm hearing on the ground today. Um, the food here, oh my gosh, the footage I have of the food that's been prepared for these, these truckers. One of them told me that he has enough to feed him for a month if <laughs> he so needs. So uh, they want to see an end to all mandates. They want to get back to our old normal 
and they're not apparently they're not leaving until that demand is met they're happy to have a conversation and they want they would love to have anyone in parliament or politicians come forward and have a discussion with them uh, but i think that their demands are very clear and they have had enough and they're not going to be backing down they're they intend to keep it peaceful and do it in a way that is is civil and you know classic civil disobedience because every other institution that we have in place to prevent this gross overreach for such a prolonged time right like canadians agreed and, and questionably so, to, to do these measures as a temporary thing. This isn't temporary anymore. Yeah, it's a permanent revolution, as Castro would say. My one worry is that there will be a false flag or some Reichstag fire, some excuse, yeah. some something, either one person doing something wrong that's blown up or, or even worse, some sort of uh, false flag, Ray Epps kind of uh, moment to spark the Trudeau response, to spark a police response, a counterterrorism response. I think that the peaceful protest is exactly what Trudeau does not want. I think he wants proof that these are sinister, odious people that need to be tackled by domestic counterterrorism. And I'm worried, given the track record of CSIS of the, and the RCMP, that they will serve him up with that incident if it doesn't happen naturally. I know that sounds paranoid, but we have several instances of that happening historically. Tamara, it's great to catch up with you. Thank you for being outside in the very cold weather. Yep. You're one of 10 people in the field today for Rebel News. I feel like we're, we're covering this better than anyone else in the country. So thanks for your hard work. Thanks, Ezra. Yeah, and that's the sentiment that I'm hearing from the people, the attendees here is just so many of them. Thank you, Rebel News, for being out there and, and sharing the, the on the ground, the truth, what's happening and giving the people a voice. So I'm humbled to be doing that. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to hang out here. Oh, I see some more trucks rolling in. So I'm going to see what's going on and hang out, see if there's like a grand finale that happens. And um, so stay tuned for that full report. I hope that it will come out uh, tomorrow. Right on. Thanks, Tamara. Thanks, Ezra. All right, there you have it. Tamara Ugolini out there doing citizen journalism far better than her CBC colleagues would. You can see all of Tamara's reports on the subject and the rest of our teams at convoyreports.com. Stay with us. Your letters to me next. Welcome back. Your viewer feedback. Michael Lightheart says, we're not really angry yet because the bedwetting boy king wants us to be labeled as such so he can manufacture a crisis and bring in martial law. Sure, we will become angry, but we will not, we, we will be nonviolent to take out this fascist. Well, you've got to be careful because it's easy to get whipped up. I make a point of not saying the word traitor or treason. Those have a certain kind of word that implies a crime. And I always say to our side, do not criminalize political disagreements because, by the way, if you do that, you're the one who's going to be arrested. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to criminalize a peaceful convoy. They're trying to criminalize peaceful dissent. They're trying to criminalize talking back to reporters. You know, there was a protest outside the house of um, a new MP in, in Calgary. His name is Chahal. He's a new Trudeau MP. And he was caught stealing his opponent's literature out of mailboxes so he would go to someone's house leave his literature and steal the mail out of there that's a crime by the way you can't steal the mail if in case you didn't know uh he got off with a 500 fine from elections canada um 
so there was a little protest outside that MP's house, but it was on the street, on the sidewalk, on the street in public. It wasn't trespass. I wouldn't like a protest outside my house. I wouldn't probably participate in one either, but that's not illegal. But they're trying to criminalize populist dissent. So I do not want to, I don't want any uh, people on our side to accept the idea that we can criminalize our opponent. Justin Trudeau is an odious, awful leader. He's broken the law in conflict of interest law. I believe he's violating the charter all the time. But the answer is to electorally punish him and legally punish him. Um, I, I don't think we should use the word traitor or treason. I know you didn't, but I just want to give you those thoughts. Paul McCullough says Trudeau's projection, projection comes right out of Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. Alinsky dedicated the book to Lucifer. He was a big fan. You're very right. And by the way, um, Hillary Clinton uh, studied under Saul Alinsky. I bought that book, Rules for Radicals. Um, frankly, you can do just as well looking up the rules. Um, you know, rules like, for example, always make a bureaucrat follow their own rules. Um, um, I, I'm not going to say them from memory, but it's quite something to see the game plan of the hard left. Really, domestic communism, and I don't say that as an insult, I say that as a description. And that's exactly what Trudeau does. He's the blackface uh, guy who calls you a racist. He's the groper of Rose Knight who calls you a misogynist. He's violating your rights while he says you're the violent one. So he absolutely has it mastered. That's our show for today. I think we're going to continue covering this all the way until Ottawa. We had 10 people in the field today. Very exciting. I'm going to leave you with this video of the day, our convoy from B.C. to Ottawa. Enjoy it. Lots of rebels in the field. You can see all our coverage at rebel, sorry, convoyreports.com. Pardon me. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel Headquarters, to you at home, good night. And keep fighting for freedom. Saturday, all truck drivers will need to be vaccinated if they're crossing the border. CBSA said Canadian truckers would be exempt. Less than 24 hours later, the federal government stepping in and saying that's not the case. Evan, it's, it, what's disrupting supply chains and what's endangering supply chains is COVID, is the pandemic. And the best way out of the pandemic uh, is vaccination. The last few months, Glenn is to try and tackle the supply chain crisis, encourage vaccination, not ignore problems and divide the country like Mr. Trudeau does. You didn't answer my question. to Calgary. We are at the Freedom Convoy that is headed to Ottawa. We are trackers. We are nurses. We are Canadians. That's why I am here. Thanks for trying to stop the vaccine and masks. Thank you from Nova Scotia, Cape Breton. Thank you, truckers. Thank you, truckers. I have to wear the mask at school. I can't breathe. And it's annoying how 
you have to get vaccinated to do things. Screw to Trudeau and keep on trucking. I can't help but look around and feel like mine's are slowly starting to change. Cause even if you're triple vaccinated, know that segregation isn't the way. It's a choice and it's available to all if we choose. But first things first, you gotta turn off the news. Yeah, what about the healthcare workers? What about the frontline nurses? How quickly we forget that they were working 18 hours a day. What about informed consent? What about due diligence? It seems the country that I used to call home is surely slipping away. Uh, if you're late to the party, there's plenty room at the table. This side don't discriminate. I'm calling on every single man, woman, child of the able. It's time to take the streets and liberate. But please don't be a part of the problem. Staying willfully ignorant, cause there's just way too much at stake. Yo, it's okay to change your mind. You can admit you were wrong. Cause where there's perfect love, there ain't no shame. Uh. Heavenly Father, show me what I don't understand yet I got my marching orders, I don't fully know the plan yet Hold on to my Bible before bed, no it ain't banned yet Did you know the makers of the vaccine make the Xanax? I would never lean on corporations for morality Cause they put their profits over people for their salaries No, they wanna make you bend the knee for your normality I know you're feeling all alone, but in reality There's way more of us than them There's way more of us than them. Excited all the way from BC, right to Ottawa. There's way more of us than them. There's way more of us than them. Small fringe minority. Well, if you like what we are doing here, bringing you the other side of the story, please go to convoyreports.com. Check out other news stories that we have done. We are following the convoy all the way down to Ottawa, thanks to your donations. If you haven't donated yet, please do so at convoyreports.com, and we will continue to bring you the other side of the story. We're going 3,500 kilometers down to Ottawa, and then another 3,500 kilometers back to Calgary. That's a lot of kilometers. That's a lot of gas money. 